We have a very special topic tonight that we're going to be sharing and uh, discussing. How do we keep serving when we are treated like servants? Where do you get the energy to keep serving? And I want to know your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. When you talk about service, uh, the first that comes to mind is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, mm. work at it with all your heart, working mm. as for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will mm. receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ Jesus you are serving. Colossians 3.23 to 24. Um, yes, it's it's very easy. We all know that scripture. Some we, we've we've done <laughs> quite a number of studies on, on Colossians, but in that moment when you're actually brought to the test, it's really the difficult part. And personally, I've, I, <laughs> it's a struggle. I will tell you uh, just a personal thing. We've been married mm. about 249 days. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing at the days. I'm laughing at the fact that you know the days. Most men do not know what's going on. <laughs> and eleven hours. Please go ahead. And eleven. And eleven hours. Yes, Terry. Please go ahead and show us. What does that? What does that look like? And the reason I'm I'm really laughing is you brought it up in the in a way. Now, you know, in our culture in Africa, to marry or to get married, at least in Buganda, it's called Okufumbirwa. Uh, and uh, then the, the man is Okuwasa. Okay, so the man wasas, and then the woman Okufumbirwa's. And uh, there's, a, there's a way in which it's known that the woman has gone to cook uh, when, when she goes into marriage. And uh, I, I thought of a very funny scenario where in this side, in this end, the mm-hmm. wife asks you, uh, to cook or to serve her a meal and uh, as a man I do not know if that has happened to you or <laughs> what your thoughts are but at that point the man will luckily say which is in our local language man hey I'm not the cook and uh, if they find a man who is cooking they say Bamuasa in other words he he's the uh, wife now yes, he's uh, become the wife uh-huh. I think in Swahili um, it's it's the direct translation in the Swahili version. I wish Uncle Peter was here. He's going to told it to me once. It's like they've sat on you. They've sat uh-huh. on you. And I think the illustration of marriage, <laughs> the illustration of marriage seems to bring it up in a very unique way, especially in the mm. traditional sense of marriage. Yes. Mm. Traditional, mm. not biblical, but traditional sense of marriage. So, mm. Terry, please go ahead. You are sharing with us something interesting when it comes to, yes, how many days again have you been married? <laughs> 249. 249 and 11 hours and a couple of minutes. Yes, you are saying something. Please go ahead. But yeah, um, so about service, yes. I I like that you bring it up because uh, in marriage somehow, as, as men, you get to think, and even in your discussions, you get to think you're getting married and everything will be okay and you're not going to mm. have to work anymore. And, and then <laughs> one of those days, uh, you are called to serve. Mm. Uh, that is, is, a, is in quotes. When you're, you both have come from town and you're exhausted mm. and work mm. needs to happen or you have to sort out a few, let me see, give an example, dishes. Mm, mm. You've both eaten and exhausted, and the dishes are there watching you. Or, mm. uh, I'll, I'll give an example. <laughs> one most recent one. Recently, 
uh, we tried to cook out a good meal and you expect a very good comment it's one of those few days you try to act up and mm. it's uh, passed over and you're thinking oh my god is my meal being taken for granted mm. but anyhow so so you you you're working and going ahead and cooked and you're hoping for like a hand clap eh? like a hundred points a you thousand know. points and perhaps you just did someone else's job they just reminded you that this is what i do my friend <laughs> this is what i do this is what i do it's nothing special it is done by someone and uh anyway yeah yes go ahead Terry. it's a good reminder to know that uh, it's not for man that you're serving uh, mm. even when it's painful even when it's uh, mm. Especially when it's just the two of you in the house, it's, it can get painful sometimes. Mm. But to mm. know that it's not for man that you're serving, it's not for my wife at the moment, mm. it's not for my boss, but it's for God mm. that we are called to serve. And I'm reminded mm. of a song um, uh, by by Lauren Diego called Rescue, mm. Um, mm. where he says, uh, "Just a second, I will sing. I hear your your." whisper underneath your breath i hear your sos your sos and you know those prayers when you cry out to god and you actually are in pain mm. um or, or really being tested especially when you're serving to mm. cry out to god even under your breath mm. i hear your whisper underneath your breath mm. yeah well that that's interesting and so i think in you trying to answer the question how does one keep serving even when you're treated like a servant is to constantly commit the people we are serving to god in prayer uh, and, and even when you're lacking strength to be able to continue in prayer and depend mm-hmm. on god for prayer mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen what do you think about how do, how does one continue serving even when you're treated like a servant we'd like to know what you think mr b rob is live hey david terrence what's up Coming from uh, Tampa, Florida, United States. Um, you know, uh, when I think of a servant, um, uh, we should all be serving at all times because we're not serving anyone but Christ. And when we're mm. not serving Christ, we're serving ourselves. Um, so when I think of what it is to be a servant, um, it's to die to self and be constantly serving uh, Christ, and that doesn't always mean every minute of every day I'm uh, serving an individual, but it can mean that I'm in prayer, I'm uh, reading God's word, I'm drawing near to Him, and I'm at His feet, listening and and looking for the direction that He wants to push me. But um, being a servant is a blessing; it's an honor; it's a it's something that we should all aspire to have. And when people treat us in a way that is demeaning or undermining to us as individuals, I would I would suggest that in that we can find uh, joy um, because when we serve others, we're serving God. Amen. He's referred to it as a privilege because when we are serving others, we are serving God. And uh, you know when he was saying that, I. YouTube mentioned it, uh, Terry. I think in serving God, because I try to reconcile, how how do I serve God and I think I'm serving others? And I think our primary service, if it's to God, then others become beneficiaries of our ministry and our serving and our honoring God. 
in uh, what we are doing. And if they receive that kind of service, with that attitude of us serving God, I think that is the highest uh, definition or the epitome of uh, service. Epitome mm. of service. So thank you so much for that, uh, Mr. B. Rob. Thank you so much for being able to be Rob will be back i think sometime next week uh, to be able to share with us on some very interesting topic concerning accountability and uh, i pray and i hope that you guys will be able to tune in ladies and gentlemen i think we're having someone trying to call in right now that's mr marvin i don't know if this is marvin or dongo or another marvin marvin which marvin is this there are so many marvins which one is this what's going on people Oh, this is Marvin Odongo, Marvin Odongo himself. What's up? What's up? What's up, Mavo? Great to hear from you. It's great to hear from you guys as well. This is quite an interesting topic. The thing actually that, uh, to be honest, made me join was um, that sort of tagline at the bottom. Hmm. Sort of, uh, it said, serving even when you're treated as a servant. Is that it? Did I get it Hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. And man, I had a hard time trying to wrap my head around that because the very word servant sort of already depicts a the first thing that comes to my mind is a slave, somebody that has no rights, somebody that mm. is owned, somebody who has given themselves to to take care of something or someone else and either willingly or unwillingly but it's they have come to that place where they they sort of made peace with it and they're comfortable mm. they're happy to do it in, in 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 our in our case as believers as christians i feel like that is what the lord hopefully um works in us to to get to that place where we we are glad to, to be in his service and it's not sort of dutifully but it's out of devotion mm. so that that really caught my eye and i was thinking well, if i've ever served god and if i'm still his servant i it comes from a, a place of willfulness a place of gratitude almost a place of in-depth in-depth indebtedness to him what mm. he's already done the picture of, of um, uh, the the picture of, of a slave and servant in Exodus, when they had this contract and they were supposed to work for their master, and then after a while he releases them. But if they chose mm. not to go, and they chose they wanted to stay of their own volition, then they would be marked for life in the service of that specific sort of slave master. Mm. and they'll be known as part of his household but it will be something that they would arrive at out of their own willingness so for me you know that's why that sort of tagline grabbed my attention i'm thinking that's not what i know a server to be and Mm. and at least from my own experience and and what i would like to ascribe to at least when i'm thinking about christianity and even my experience in, in sort of working with the lord thus far i feel like it's a it's a it's a thing that you, you embrace and you you are happy to uh, ab- abide. It doesn't come without its challenges, definitely. Uh, mm. I would like to think of myself sometimes even as one of those those uh, people that want to run out of that service once in a while. 
and I want my freedom back. I I crave and I miss the times when I didn't have that tag of servant of Christ or in the ranks of of, of so and so Jesus Christ serving Him. Uh, but mm. it's so beautiful and it's so fulfilling to to also to be in those times when you know that it it brings fulfillment, it brings identity. Amen. Man, that was that's that's profound stuff, Marvin. And uh, one of the things that really where you left me <laughs> in your conversation, Marvin, is when you so, talked about it being out of gratitude and a privilege uh, to be able to serve. And uh, yes. by the time someone reaches that position where they're seeing ministry or service as a privilege, is uh, that that's a real hard change uh, yes. right there. Um, I think it's a total heart change that if that were to happen to us, even as individuals, um, where one begins to treat you like a servant, you will not be shocked. You'll be like, yes, of course I'm a servant. And I pray that that would be true of each one of us. But Terry, what do you think? What do you think? Marvin makes a very uh, deep uh, sharing there. Um, causing us to be reminded of, of, of what we're called to do. But even in the midst, I think uh, the, the, the biggest challenge is even in the midst of the pain of uh, the heart and usually either it's in full-time ministry when you really have to are uh, all serving and then your leader asks something of you that's painful or even at workplaces uh, all different workplaces um, we get to feel that but it's it's, it's something to be reminded of that we are called to serve him and him alone. Um, I see Elena has said it's so much easier when you know that there's someone you serve beyond the earthly kings. Um, that that in a way that you're serving the main king, these are just channels and avenues to serve God, the king. Thank you, Elena. Thank you, Elena, for sharing. And I think Bureau was just concluding by saying Matthew chapter 25 verse 40 truly I say to you inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of the brothers of mine you did it unto me mm. thank you Birob for sharing I think thank that's right there the direct line he just drew between serving God and uh, serving men. I think Christ did mention that. He says, when you did this to one of these, you did it unto me. You did it unto me. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting. Terry, there's a song that you mentioned. Uh, what was the name again? Rescue by Diego. Let me play that song for us, and then uh, we will be able to get into uh, God's work. You are not hidden. Never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your SOS. Send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. 
There is no distance that cannot be covered over and over. You're not defenseless. I'll be your shelter. I'll be your armor. I hear Lord and our God, we thank you that you allow us to share and to sharpen each other today. Lord, we pray that you speak uh, through your servant, that we shall listen and our hearts shall be, shall respond to your word, Lord, uh, even as we serve, as you have called us to serve. This we pray in your precious name, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to just very quickly, maybe in about 10 minutes, 7 minutes, uh, just look at a couple of verses here. And uh, this is not really going to be all the answers, I can promise you, because there's so much to this topic. We can't even comprehend uh, what this uh, looks like. And so let, let's attempt to pick something from God's Word directly. And maybe it's a passage that you can continue to read um, even and, and think about as you go to sleep. Because they say, think about these things even as you wake up, as you stand, I mean, as you walk along the way, even as you lie down. But thinking about serving and this topic of uh, continuing to serve even when someone treats you like a servant is, is quite uh, thought-provoking. Why? Because as we talk about this tonight, the servant, I mean, the assumption is that you have been serving, but the dilemma is now, those who you are serving are beginning to treat you like a servant. So there's an assumption here that you're serving already. So you're not struggling with the service part, but you're being treated like a servant. And so the question is, what, what, what was I before they treated me like a servant? 
What was I before that? That's a good question to first of all ask yourself. You find yourself in a dilemma where you're beginning to dislike the people who are treating you because now they're beginning to treat you like a servant. The question is, when I thought I was serving, what was I? What was I? Is a servant one because of what they do or who they are? I wish I had a PowerPoint. Is a servant a servant because of what they do or who they are? Is servanthood an attitude or a status? These are questions that may not have very quick answers. Okay, Is servanthood an attitude or a status? Now, keep at the back of your mind the passage where the disciples are asking for status. And we're going to get to that passage. The question we have to answer is, is servanthood an attitude or status? Or is it both? Is it an action in terms of what you do? Before you say yes or no, think about our politicians who have been giving out food recently. You would think they're so concerned. And then you hear clips of uh, audios of some of our leaders in meetings trying to divide COVID money and say, you take 4,000, you take this. I don't know how many of you guys had that particular clip. I can show up in a newspaper. I think it was Monitor, where these ambassadors were recalled. I think it must have been Denmark. And so in one minute, you're seeing people giving out food, and in another minute, you're hearing very funny stories. So is servanthood an action? Now, for the most part, you're going to find that the Bible addresses servanthood as an attitude, for the most part, as an attitude, first of all, because it begins with the heart. Especially when the disciples begin to argue amongst themselves on who the greatest among them is, the Bible there is clear about servanthood being an attitude. But also, you're going to realize that Christ demonstrates servanthood with actions, not just attitude, but with actions when he washes the disciples' feet. This action communicates a lot. This action communicates a lot. It's one of those um, moments when Christ is going to die. He's come to the end of his ministry and he decides, says, one more time, let me show these guys what this is all about. It's like the lecturer is coming to the end of the course and is telling you guys, pay attention. This is important. It may show up in an exam. And if, like, if your professor tells you, pay attention, this may show up in an exam, you better sit up and pay up attention because it's showing up in an exam. Meaning, I'm leaving you a life to live, my disciples, and this is going to be important. In fact, he tells them, do this. Continue doing this. Continue doing this. But... Very quickly, if you look at Matthew chapter 20, you're going to see something. It, it almost looks like this is what Christ came to do, to serve. Matthew chapter 20. If you look at verse 28 there very quickly, if you can flip your phone over and look at those verses, chap, chap. Uh, Matthew 20 and verse 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. It looks like this is a mission statement. It's not the only thing he came to do, but it sounds like a mission statement. It's part of the reason he came. And, you know, I was trying to look at some of these original passages that try to tell us uh, the ministry of Christ. And you'll be amazed at some of the things we miss uh, sometimes when you read Scripture very quickly. But if you look at one of the prophetic chapters in Isaiah, you realize one of the other reasons Christ came was for the sake of the poor. It is the passage that he reads the temple as he begins his ministry was ministry to the poor. But verse 28 here brings out a very interesting, a very interesting uh, 
concept here. It says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and the adds and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, we know Christ famously for dying for our sins. But I think verse 28 does mention something interesting, that it is ministry in terms of service and serving, not to be served. Now, I had a couple of questions when I was thinking about this, this verse. Why would they add serving on the same breath as dying and being a ransom for many? It looks like these things have something in common. And we are going to see why. Now, if you're wondering, Matthew 20, uh, 28 is in the context of uh, a mother's request. And uh, in verse 20, you're going to see something. He says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she's begging. She asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? Oh, man. If, if you think about this, Christ just gave her a blank check. He says, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Just, just say the word. I want to hear it. That's my request to you. And verse 22 says, Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. Now, wait a minute. I thought it was a mother's request. But the answer he's giving seems to be addressing the disciples. And the response that you get seems to imply that it's the disciples who are answering because they're saying we are able. At first, you may think this question is directed to the mother because it's the mother that is asking. But I don't know, I cannot show you a clip right now of what maybe what he's talking about, but it looks like he moves his attention from the mom and begins to address the disciples because this feeling was not unique to the mother only. It is something that has already come up amongst the disciples, who's greatest amongst us. This has already come up. And so he addresses, no wonder... Before he dies, he still demonstrates this to them. It's important. It is something that showed up in the disciples' lives and hearts and attitudes. Now, if these men walked with Christ and they saw a servant for three and a half years, of course, John writes in First John, that which we've touched, that we've seen, we've witnessed. There's an intimacy with which they knew Christ that none of us will ever get to. But if these men at the end of their ministry still struggled with this attitude, I think it would be very dishonest of us to think that we are in the right place and this question is not of concern to us. I think it is of concern to each one of us listening in tonight. So the disciples answered and said, we are able. He said to them, well, you will drink my cup. I think he's talking about death. I think you'll discover that very quickly. He said to them, you will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand, and at my left is not mine to grant, for, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever will be great 
among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And then verse 28 comes into the picture. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, this passage is extremely rich. Why? Because it addresses a couple of things here that we also do struggle with currently. I think one is the bad example that we've seen from many of our leaders uh, when it talks about the Gentiles, lords who lord it over them. And we begin to think maybe this is a style of leadership. This is a style of how great people look like. And so we undermine those who are servants. And uh, why? Because status-wise, it is those that are great, that command and say, do this and do that. Those seem to be uh, the great ones. And, and I think Christ does explain that very well. That is a wrong example. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones excel authority over them. It shall not be so among you. In other words, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a call to be different, even when culture says otherwise. I think that's the very first thing we may need to fight culture. When others treat me like a servant, when others look down on me, right there Christ is saying, it shall not be so among you. But as I was thinking about this topic today, Grace brought it to my attention. She quickly looked up, uh, what's, what's his name, Ray Pritchard, the commentary by Ray Pritchard, uh, who I am begging passionately to be part of this show at least one day. I do not know if you say yes, so if you've been praying, please start fasting now that Ray will show up. Um, but one of the things that Ray mentions in his commentary is uh, the fact that if you realize Christ does not deny, number one, he doesn't deny that these seats exist, the two seats we are talking about, the left and the right. He doesn't deny. Of course, he says, you don't know what you're asking because you have no clue exactly what you're talking about. You do not know. You've not been there to see. But he doesn't deny the fact that um, these seats uh, exist. Neither does he downplay the question the mom is asking. Um, he would have passed it by as irrelevant. He would have passed by that question as not important. He doesn't downplay the question, neither does he deny that these seats exist. But what Christ does, he raises the standard. And the standard has been raised unto death. That is what it means. Because he says, you don't know what you're asking. And then the next thing he's talking about is, are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And I think the standard is beyond being looked down upon. The standard is beyond being treated like a servant. The standard is unto death. I think it's interesting that verse 28 that we began with mentions the same thing. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to do what? And to give his life. Now, some of this stuff is easily said. Uh, than done but we need to understand that I think what God has called us to and it's not for missionaries only it is not for those in ministry only I think it's for every believer it's a call it's an invitation to greatness it's an invitation to greatness and the greatness that we are being invited to right now is not the greatness of the Gentiles 
It is not the greatness of those who exercise authority over other people. The greatness you are being invited to is the greatness of service. It is the greatness of service. To see a smile on someone else's face, to encourage someone, to serve another, to give that which you have for another person, that is greatness right there. To be responsible for someone's joy is greatness. Can you think about that for a minute? Let that sink in, that you're being held responsible for someone else's happiness and joy that you've served them. But sometimes ultimate joy and happiness may require that we give of ourselves, yes, even the life that we know today. Because serving is equated to death. They're put in the same breath. They're put in the same breath. It's unto death. And, and uh, it's interesting that Christ showed this example in a very perfect way. He served them, washed their feet. And uh, of course, Peter refuses. He says, you will, not, you will not touch me. And Christ says, if I don't do this for you, you have no part in me. Hey, unless you understand this, Peter, this is really what I'm here for. You'll be known to be a part of me. They will know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. This is an identity of those that follow Christ versus the world. I think it's a game changer for us. And I think it's a ministry. It's a part of our life that we need to really uh, get a hold of as individuals to really master and, uh, and just be able to serve the way Christ has asked us to serve. Ladies and gentlemen, we're discussing this because as we're beginning uh, this particular show, one of the things that we're focusing on is that feeling of treading the mud and, and just struggling to go through the mud but heading nowhere. And, and you feel like you're doing so much but you're heading nowhere. And I, I, this is something that really happened to me you know, as an individual. And I began to ask and talk to different people. And uh, I'll promise you about three or four people mentioned, I said, David, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. It feels like I'm doing so much, but I'm not heading anywhere. And one of the things as I kept doing my quiet time was to understand that that focus to stop thinking about you and serving other people actually helps. It gives you purpose when you serve other people. There's a genuine sense of purpose when another person is served. To go back home and, and just sit back and, and just know that you brought joy to someone else. Uh, around that same time, it, I, don't, I can't remember exactly, I clicked the same time, but I began to pray for opportunities to serve other people. Some of these things I'm going to tell you uh, because the Bible says, don't, left, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I don't want to miss my rewards in heaven. But it's it's just so much joy. I'll, I'll pray. Uh, my, my goal is, I mean, I'm hoping that each one of us would maybe stop for a minute right now and just pray for an opportunity to serve another person. Just pray for an opportunity to serve another person. You'll be amazed at how those opportunities will show up. Just pray for an opportunity to serve another person. That's all I'm asking tonight. Say, God, give me an opportunity to serve and to serve genuinely. You'll be amazed at how that will show up. God will present you with opportunities to bring joy to other people in serving them. And so, as we think about this verse, as we think about this uh, topic tonight, 
I pray that we'll understand the epitome of service because the epitome of service, ladies and gentlemen, is serving even unto death. <laughs>